welcome to another episode, episode 19 of Are You Up Babs? Maybe let's just open in a word of prayer. Father, we come before you, Lord. We just bring our hearts before you and we ask you, Father, that you would minister deeply to us as we hear your word this morning. Holy Spirit, uh, we ask you to be our teacher and to reveal stuff in our hearts, in our lives that are not in alignment with you. Father, it is our deepest desire to follow your will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, are you up for another story? Is it okay if I share another um, story of the Chronicles of the Kings? And you know, I, the reason why I like looking at these these um, stories in the Bible, and you can find them in the book of Chronicles, is because there is so much gold in there. Um, you, you read about kings and the lives they lived and how it affected their family, how it, affect, how it affected the nation how the way they lived their life affected the people and in which direction they went and whether they lived in peace or whether they lived in chaos. And God really is trying to show us something as he tells us story after story after story, generation after generation about these kings and the lives they lived. Each story as it comes up will tell you who the king was. It will tell you whether he was a good king or whether he was a bad king. If he was a good king, the reason that he was a good king is because he led the people of that nation to worship God and God only. And if he was a wicked king, it's because he actually led the people astray and he led them to worship pagan gods, other gods. And as a result of them worshiping other gods, they did things that were despicable to God, like killing their babies, um, leading the people um, into a place of war, not listening to God, not seeking his will. And so often in the story, it would tell you who the king's mother was. So motherhood and the picture of the, the role that a woman plays in family would come into, in, would come into the story through who that king's mom was. Um, and it, it would give you detail about that king if he went to war or something specific about that king. And when the king died, it would tell you who succeeded him as king. Most of the time, it would be his one of his children, one of his sons. But there were times that someone would overthrow the king, and then it would be that person that overthrew him. And if you've ever heard of King Jehoshaphat, he was, the Bible tells us he was a good king. Then he had a son who succeeded him, and his son's name was King Jehoram. He was a bad king. In fact, he was so bad that when he became king, when he succeeded, he killed all the family. He killed everyone in royalty, including leaders, so that the role of king was his alone, and he was a wicked king. When he died, King Ahaziah became a king, and he was evil. The Bible tells us that he was the grandson of King Jehoshaphat, who was a good king. And when he died, his mother actually destroyed the rest of the royal family and made herself the ruler over the land. But the Bible tells us that when this happened, the sister of King Ahaziah grabbed one of his children, who was only a year old, with his nurse, and she hid him in the temple. And the queen did not realize there was a survivor. And so she ruled the land. The Bible tells us that she was a wicked queen. And um, she did not know that there was a king, someone who was heir to the throne that was still alive. 
he was hid in the temple um, and the priest of that time, the priest's name was Jehoiada, he looked after him. And when this king turned seven years old, the king summoned up all his courage and called five leaders um, and they had to travel secretly to get to him. When they got there, they had to swear a covenant of secrecy with the priest and, and then he told them he has the king and he needs to be placed in his rightful position as king. So what they did on the Sabbath day, they perfectly orchestrated that the king would be well protected with guards around him, that no one would be able to get near the king, um, that they would place him in the, in the temple, they would place the crown on his head and anoint him as king, reading out the commandments of God so he understood them even as a boy, and then they would proclaim him king, which is exactly what they did. When they proclaimed him king, the people began to shout and run in the streets and they began to praise their new king as their rightful king. And the queen, the wicked queen mom, heard all the cheering and shouting. And she made her way very quickly to the temple where she saw the king. And she shouted treason, treason. Now, isn't that interesting for someone who was so disloyal, for someone who betrayed, for someone who acted in such an evil way, when the right thing happens, she shouts treason. And, you know, I just want to stop there for a second. We can be so deceived. The Bible says, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. And when you look at that verse, whether we are deceived or whether we are the deceiver, God says he will not be mocked. What we sow, we will reap. God refuses to be mocked. And so she then gets killed. And what the Bible tells us, and it's quite beautiful, is immediately with the priest and the seven-year-old boy, they rid the land of the pagan idols. So everything that was paganistic was destroyed. And immediately the land became peaceful. And you see, this is why God showed us a good king and a bad king and a good king and a bad king. Because when a king was good, the whole land was fruitful as a result. The whole land experienced the goodness of God, the prosperity of God and the peace of God. But when a king was bad and he led the people astray, the whole land was filled with destruction, with devastation, with chaos, with death, with evilness. And so the Bible gives us a little bit of history about Joash, who's now seven and becomes king. He reigned for 40 years, and the Bible tells us who his mother was. And the Bible says this, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of the priest. That's very important information there, that while that priest was alive, that king was a good king. The priest, Jehoiada, lived until he was 130 years old. And when he died, leaders came to the king. The leaders in the land came to the king. And the Bible says they bowed before him. But when you look at what follows, it was a fake loyalty. It was a fakeness on their part. They bowed to this king. And then they say to him, listen to us. They persuaded him, listen to us as we give you advice. And this is the advice they gave the king. They, they gave the king advice to turn away from the temple of God, which is what he did. 
he decided to abandon the temple of God. He began to worship Asherah poles and idols in the land. After they had destroyed that, when he became king, they were now worshiping the Asherah poles and the idols in the land. And God then sent prophets to warn them. And, you know, I just want to stop there. Think of someone who is a godly person who comes to you. It may be a parent, it may be a pastor, it may be a leader, it may be a family member who knows and loves the Lord with all their heart, but they come to you and they warn you about the lifestyle you're living. They warn you about your character. They warn you about something you are doing. When someone comes like that, you need to lay down your pride and you need to listen. When we hear a warning from a person who loves the Lord with all their heart, and it, it goes according to the word of God, we need to heed that warning. But the Bible says that they didn't listen. And then the spirit of God came upon Zechariah. Now this Zechariah was interesting because the Bible tells us who this Zechariah is. And he was the very son of the priest who had taken care of the king while he was a little boy in the temple. He was the son of the priest and he comes, the spirit of God comes upon Zechariah and he comes to the, the king and he says to the king, what you are doing is very bad. You are disobeying God's commands. You are keeping yourself from prospering. I just want us to think of a child. When a child throws a tantrum, have you ever seen a child throw a tantrum? Um, they often, they're unreasonable. You can't talk to them. You can't explain to them why what they're doing is wrong. They refuse to listen. But then as they throw a tantrum, maybe they start banging themselves on the floor. And I don't know how often you've seen this. I've seen this. The child is so busy throwing their tantrum, they end up hurting themselves. They end up hitting their head quite hard on the floor or, or they fall and trip over something in their, in their tantrum. And now they really hurt. I don't know if you've ever noticed a child that, that always throws tantrums, that's got a strong will, that doesn't want to listen, that's rebellious. They tend to make life harder for themselves. They learn lessons hard ways. They learn lessons in such a long period of time. What should be quick is there's a, a spirit of humility and repentance doesn't happen because they want to do things their way. It's their will stubbornly against the will of their parent. And this is how we can be as Christians, our will, stubbornly against the will of God. And this is what Zechariah said. He said, why are you disobeying God's commands? You are keeping yourself from prospering. And you know what they do? They plot to kill him. The leaders plot to kill Zechariah. And the Bible says this, King Joash ordered that they stone him to death. The very king who was a child that Zechariah's father had protected and kept safe in the temple, that same man who, who, who the, the, the priest had protected, that same man now places an order to stone the priest's child to death. And the Bible says this. Remember, there's nothing in the Bible that's for nothing. It's not just filled with words. Every word is deliberately and intentionally put there to change our lives. And it says, that was how King Joash repaid Jehoiada for his loyalty. 
by killing his son. And so after that happened, the Bible tells us the king himself was attacked by their enemy, the Arameans. He was wounded. And while he was wounded, his very own officers came and murdered him. They killed him for what he had done to the priest's son. And so why am I sharing this? Because isn't this really a picture of our lives? Generation after generation. And in order to keep ourselves from actually going down a road, the Bible tells us the king was either good or he was evil. But with King Joash, it said he was good while the priest was alive. And we've got to protect ourselves as we go down this road, this journey of life to remain grateful. We have to remain grateful and look at what people have done for us. I want to remind you that the king had to be pleasing in the Lord's sight, not in people's sight, in the Lord's sight. And as we do our lives, we've got to make sure we are pleasing to the Lord, that our life is pleasing to the Lord, that we are grateful, that we are loyal, that we are faithful, that we lead God's people well and we lead them in the ways of the Lord. Destroying things that will remove people from the things of God. And will it be said of us one day, because surely there is a book of chronicles of our lives, that when we were born, we lived a life that was pleasing to the Lord, or we lived a life that was wicked. It shouldn't be said that we lived a life of wickedness. But I want you to take note as you look at the chronicles, God knows their life. He knows whether they were good or whether they were evil, whether they lived to please him, whether they lived to please themselves. It's very, very important that we live to seek the will of God for our lives. It's very important that we seek his will in every area. And this is why we've been speaking about prayer. Did you this week close your eyes and say, Lord, I want to commit my heart to you. What I was thinking was not good, was not godly, was not kind. What I was thinking about that person was not honoring to them. It was not honoring to you. Forgive me for my heart towards that person. If we live our lives like that, where we take wrong thinking captive immediately and bring it before the Lord immediately, we will truly seek his will in every area of our lives. And you know, as women on this earth, we you may be going, I'm not a king, we are kings. The Bible has called us to rule. We are kings or queens wherever we are, in our workplace, in our homes, with our children, in our marriage, in our community, in our churches, with our families, when we walk in the street, when we're at the shopping center. We are kings, we are ruling, and we either govern and rule with the goodness and mercy of God, or we govern and rule to um, please the desires of our flesh. And we have to learn, not my will, Lord, your will be done. We cannot be people who live by our feelings. We feel like, we don't feel like, we want to today, we don't want to tomorrow. And when we rule, we don't rule by emotion. We don't rule by situation. We rule according to the word of God. And I want to remind you of what Zechariah said. He said, because you do not obey the commandments of God, you will not prosper. 
God wants us to prosper in every area of our lives. And we can only prosper if we follow his commandments. Can I also encourage us, let us not follow his commandments like a child throwing a tantrum, doing it the hard way, having to bump our heads and get hurt more just because we want our way. But actually let us become um, women or girls or ladies that can say, and if you're a guy, then guys that are listening, who say, Lord, I don't want my will to come into place. I want your will to come into place. Please help me to submit to you. Help me to surrender my pride. Help me to surrender my arrogance, for it is sin in your eyes. And help me to follow your will. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done in my life. And so as I read these chronicles, I didn't do history, but when I read these stories, I think maybe I should have because I love to read. And it's more than just history. It's about people's lives, whether they followed God or whether they didn't follow God, whether they were good or whether they were bad, whether they led the nation to God's goodness or whether they led the people away to destruction. That is what we are doing in our families, in our marriage, in our workplace, every time we complain, every time we moan about something, every time we gossip, we are leading a nation, those people away from the goodness of God. But when we are doing the right thing, when we are honoring God, forgiving, showing mercy, showing goodness, we are bringing peace into that land. And so I really want to encourage us. I know that we are women who want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Let's do it beautifully. Let our chronicles be that we lived and our life was pleasing to the Lord. Our whole life was pleasing to the Lord. Doesn't matter about your past. Jesus covered that with the, his blood from this moment. And maybe you're sitting here and you're going, you don't know what I've done in my life. I may not, but there is a father who's holy who knew you before the foundations of the earth and he saw you without blemish, without spot. He still sees you like that because he looks at you through the cross and through the blood of his perfect son who is holy. And you don't need to fret and worry and feel guilt over the past. You just need to lay it at his feet and repent and allow him to let his goodness and his mercy and his forgiveness flow over your life and you will begin to see your life flow in his perfect will. And so I'm going to close in prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we just come before you, Lord. We love you with all of our hearts. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. And we want it written of us that we lived and this was our lineage and we lived in a way that is pleasing to you. We brought people to you, Father God. We brought peace into our atmosphere. I pray, Lord Jesus, that our lives would be a picture and a chronicle of seeking you with all of our hearts, not making decisions without you. And that it, it would always be your will above our will, your way above our way. Oh, Father, have your way in our lives. Help us, Father, to desire your commandments and to prosper through them. Help us, Father, to no longer desire the sin, the mess-ups, the mistakes, the flesh, but help us to rise up. I thank you, Lord, that your word not only strengthens us and guides us, but it gives us lives that are good lives, that are perfect in your will. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be our teacher. You would lead us and guide us, strengthen us and comfort us, and show us the way. 
We love you so much, Lord, and we want to honor you in and through our lives. And so we thank you that we can ask you to lead us and guide us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Exclusive for what rest in the house.
exclusive full address in the house. 